Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Death, taxes, and me doing a podcast or writing an article whenever Mitch Keller does something noteworthy, which is actually kind of often the more that you think about it. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I've done a lot of content on Mitch Keller this year, so I don't blame anyone who if they saw this link on Twitter, if they saw it on the site, or if you just happen to see the title of this podcast before you actually started listening, if you had an eye roll, like, here's more Mitch Keller content, okay, fine, whatever. That's fair. That's fair, because I have done a lot on him this year, but he's such an important potential player to this organization's future. And there's always something going on that I I feel like, you know, we can't ignore stuff, including what happened Tuesday night in Los Angeles. He started throwing a sinker. And look, we came into this year, everyone was talking about the fastball. I wrote, I don't know how many thousands of words about that fastball as a regular season preview piece. It's really big. It hasn't been performing at the major league level this year. It just hasn't. Gonna do some quick data here. Four seamer this year, 259 expected batting average, 317 actual batting average, 524 slugging percentage, 393 Woba, four home runs, only 16 strikeouts with it. Like the fastball. The four-seamer has not lived up to the extra velocity hype this year. And that's problematic because he's been throwing it a lot. And it's staying in swing paths. Which means the breaking stuff also isn't playing as much as it needs to. So what it ends up being is he's throwing a upper 90s but it's flatter than it should be. And it's more hittable than upper 90s should be. That's problematic. This has been something that's been floated on Twitter for a while. 
Like, why don't you have him start throwing a sinker then? Well, it's not like it hadn't been considered. Mitch just couldn't find a grip or a release or just have a feel for it. So he just never did in the majors. Well, after that Cincy start earlier, or I guess not earlier this month, last month, Pirates are like, hey, let's let's really look into a sinker here. They've worked on it for a couple weeks. Threw it a lot on Tuesday against the Dodgers. And it was fine. The most important thing, in my opinion, was that A, the velocity was the same as the four-seamer. And B, he had enough confidence in it to keep throwing it, even if he doesn't feel particularly confident in it. I mean, it was wild. Like, it's it's very, very raw. This isn't going to be a case where someone adds a pitch midseason and it just automatically becomes their best pitch, like what happened with uh, Jamison Tyon back in 2018, I believe. It's not going to be like that. This is going to be a work in progress. But it's one worth exploring. Because the sinker did get more movement. It's still about an inch less than the league average sinker. But again, we're talking about the first time he's really thrown it. So I'm not expecting, or no one should expect, you know, to get above average movement right off the bat. But it is moving more. That's a good sign. Also had a little bit less cut than you know we normally see with the four seamer, and that's something for Mitch. Like it comes in flat in terms of like rise and sink. It has a little bit of natural cut to it. That can sometimes be problematic because if you're aiming for that inner third, if you're trying to hit something on your hand side, it cuts over to the heart of the plate. If you're going for something to your glove side, it could fall off the plate. It has a little less horizontal movement than, I mean, relatively speaking, to what a normal sinker would be. Okay, that's also something that could be useful. And then, of course, we don't have tunneling or anything at the moment, but sinker sliders, they tend to play off each other more. Keller is definitely been leaning more and more towards the slider as his breaking pitch of choice up in the major leagues progressively. I, I did that in a mound visit. Maybe that'll help it play up. And I can't actually say it, but if you go back to that start Tuesday, or I guess it would be Wednesday morning, Pitching Ninja did do a gif showing how the fastballs move differently and the point that they do break off, where's the tunnel. And it is interesting. If he does become someone who can move a sinker, at different parts of the zone, then all of a sudden, he can have seven, eight different looks with the fastball, depending on which quadrant he wants to put it in. He wants to put the four-seamer up, and it was pretty clear that the sinker was, you know, wanted to go down, and that's how they, you know, play traditionally. But if you're experimenting, that might be something to take a step further, give that different look, maybe embrace more of a cutter instead of a slider, because back in 2019, it was more of a cutter than just a pure slider. The point that should be taken out of all of this is 
this is some much needed experimentation with Mitch Keller. And they got to work through some way to make that fastball play. Because the breaking stuff by itself isn't working. And he's leaning more and more on that fastball. Throwing it, what was it, 35 times on Tuesday? That's a good sign. It, it was wild. <laughs> Effectively wild. And, you know, Dodgers didn't really know what was coming, so I don't blame them for not exactly squaring it up. It's going to be different in this second start, in this third start, in this fourth start. How does it build? Because that's been the Mitch Keller problem throughout his entire major league career. Occasional glimpses of this is why this guy was a top prospect, but then not being able to follow through with it. That's all of what the first half of last year was for him. Good start, bad start. Good start, bad start. He he can't do that. It's whenever he starts getting those three or four good starts in a row that it will look like, hey, he's maybe figured something out. Maybe this is a, a breakout. And the Pirates do need him to break out. Because at the end of this year, he's arbitration eligible. And he's not going to make that much. And it's not like, a, oh, could the Pirates afford him? But it's more just a looking at that clock right there because that means he just has three years of control remaining. So if he doesn't figure it out soon, it's almost to the point that he's not going to figure it out as a pirate or the amount of time that he would have it, you know, as a pirate figured out would be far less than any other prospect. And you're getting far less out of that return. Keller told me in spring training that this was his, you know, put up or shut up year. Like now or never was his actual quote. Now or never. And first month of the season, didn't look so good. May's been more experimental with the hybrid role coming out of the bullpen, a new pitch. They're throwing everything they can think of up against the wall and seeing what's going to stick. And maybe this is it. If this fastball does move more, it could maybe make the slider play a little up. And this is a completely foreign thing to him, like to the point that I asked, like, hey, you, did you throw your changeup? Is that a two-seam grip? That's something that a lot of pitchers have. And no, <laughs> he didn't even have that. This is a completely new feel. It is going to be erratic, most likely, for a while. And a sinker baller Keller probably isn't going to be as exciting or have as high a ceiling, but it does give him a better chance of being a serviceable major league starter, if not pitcher. We saw that graphic whenever he pitched against the Cubs and how he was last in baseball in ERA plus and ERA and took the most, whatever it was, just that long list of where he ranked among starters with as many starts as him since he came up to the major leagues, and he was the last in so many of them. Improvement is necessary. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't want to bring up or admit. If Mitch doesn't figure it out in Pittsburgh, man, is he going to be 
an intriguing candidate as a free agent because some team is going to see those tools and they're going to try their experiments to try to get them to figure it out. This is a good step. This is a good step. Let's see where it comes from. Give them a couple starts. Let's see where it goes. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, all right. We did the Mitch Keller talk. We could do a little draft talk now because I know this has come up in live queues a couple times. People are already talking about the draft. It's just turned to June. It's just turned to June. We got over a month. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later. You're not going to like this first thing I say because I don't know how much it's going to change between now and the actual draft day. We're not going to know for sure who the parts are going to draft because they're kind of at the mercy of the three teams ahead of them. The Orioles, the Diamondbacks, the Rangers. Parts pick fourth. And they could have a very narrow group of players that, you know, they, they just view them as the four people that they could go to. And maybe the list doesn't expand beyond those four. But it's <laughs> if for anyone who wants to ask who are the Pirates looking at, well, this one's pretty easy because the draft is very top-heavy this year. And there are about five or six really good players here. It's kind of like last year. There, There is no... Unbelievable number one first overall pick to the point that these mock drafts can't even agree who it is. Who's going first overall? The two big names, though. The two big names, couple of prep outfielders, Elijah Green and Drew Jones, the son of Andrew Jones, you know, of, of Atlanta Braves fame, fringe Hall of Famer, so that's a pretty good pedigree as is. Jackson Holiday is a prep shortstop, big bat as well. The guy who's been popping up the most 
in these mock drafts for the part so far is Brooksley. Another collegiate bat. He's a shortstop. There are some options there. Catcher-wise, Kevin Parada is maybe like that fifth or sixth best prospect in here. And not saying the Pirates won't take a catcher. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to take another catcher with your first draft pick whenever A, you have Henry Davis, and B, on top of that, they've got some interesting catching prospects in the system between Andy Rodriguez and Gutierrez and Bins, and they're just a lot of options that they have internally at catcher. I don't see them taking a Parada. And at that point, you're talking maybe Johnson, Barry. I will note in Baseball America's recap of their most recent mock draft that the Pirates are interested in shortstop Cole Young, a local high school kid from Pennsylvania. Maybe they'd go the same route as last year and take that underslot. But it wouldn't be as drastic as it was last year with Henry Davis. Not saying that underslot isn't an option, but it's different whenever it's last year and you basically have the choice between four or so players who you all view as top one worthy and one of them takes less money and that lets you invest in other draft picks versus your fourth overall. And you could move down a little bit, but you're not going to get two or three good players. You're going to get maybe one. Not to make a football comparison here, but in, if it was the NFL draft and you had the first overall draft pick and you could trade that for the first or or you, you pick someone still, you get like the fourth overall pick and then you get like number 32 and 33 and some other one for that and like your second pick in the draft. Like they're, that's basically what the Pirates did last year. First overall, second, and then like a bunch of day three picks for like fourth 32nd and a couple others, you know, really high up there to get four of the top 32. I don't blame anyone who's tired of hearing of that phrase. And that's pretty much going to be retired after this next draft, because the draft is a very much, what have you done for me lately exercise. So maybe they go under slot with a Cole Young or go elsewhere with it. But I, I'm looking towards those top four right now for the Pirates. Jackson, Green, Jones, Lee. And personally, I really like the outfielders. I also recognize that the odds of them falling to four, either one of them, is pretty low. Your basic it, It's one thing for the Diamondbacks or the Orioles to be like, look, we're going to do an underslot, or maybe they just like someone better. But for two of them, it's it's just a lot. It's just a lot to look at. The Pirates are going to get a really good player in this draft. And in the previous two, taking a college bat first overall, I see why Brooks Lee is popping up at the top of these mock drafts. Because he does fit that bill. What the Rangers do, what the Diamondbacks do, what the Orioles do will ultimately determine what the Pirates do. 
And people weren't going to like that. I mean, I, I don't blame people who were like, hey, who is the guy? And that was an interesting question last year. And last year, it really looked like it was going to be a shortstop because all along the entire running was those three shortstops and Henry Davis. As it turned out, it turned out to be Henry Davis. And even though Henry's had like a couple weird injuries that have sidelined him for a little bit as a pro, I 100% see why he was taken first overall. That is a good pick. Not just because he's a really good baseball player, but because he embodies all that leadership that you need in that clubhouse in general, and especially behind the plate. He's going to be a really good player for years to come for the Pirates. I, I just don't see any timeline where Henry Davis is not a big leader. Like, there just is none. There is not going to be like a Mark Appel type situation here where take it first overall and then he just doesn't make it. A Brady Aiken, those type of guys. This is a big draft because this might be the last time the Pirates draft this high for some time. And not just talking about the draft lottery that was instituted. But because this team at the major league level looks like they're on the upswing. They won a couple games here. And like I'm, I'm not going to bolster and say, hey, you know, this team is going to be a playoff team or whatever. But 70-ish wins seems very realistic this year. That's going to put you like eighth or ninth overall. And yeah, you can still do a lot. They did a lot with Nick Gonzalez in the 2020 draft. But it's different than what they did last year. Whatever they got four first round draft pick talents. They need to maximize this pick because if this build, what they're building goes right, it's going to be the last time they pick this eye for a while. Is it worth going under slot with that guy and maybe in hedging your bet a little more or going all in more on one player? Time will tell. Those first three draft picks could also alter, will alter what the actual plan is. Until then. Until then, it's going to be up in the air. We're going to take one more break. we got a little more show left. Stick around. back to the Pirates podcast to be named later. This last thought is for Twitter, actually. I was, I don't want to say disappointed, because the cameo tweets and the memes after the Pirates win have been very, very enjoyable to, to shift through. I was just, I had in my head, maybe someone had the sweep cameo. Like we got the Clint Hurdle saying you you lost a series. We've got we've got <laughs> Derek Bell North Shore Notch 
on Twitter. I think this is my favorite one. The the Derek Bell saying, "You David Bendar just Operation Shut Down Your Team." I I like the theme cameos. Is the point? I like the theme cameos because the Clint Hurdle one is not going to be is not going to get old because he could only show up at most once a series. I just kind of thought maybe they released the crack and here is the here is the sweep one. And I don't know what that Kraken could have been. Neil Huntington. We'll go with that. Neil Huntington or an actual pirate or I I, I don't know. It would have been interesting. I I I if anyone partakes in the cameo meme scene. Let, let's get a good one for for the sweeps for the next one. Now that that monkey is finally off of their back, and yeah, I guess I have to also say that, like, boy, that that took a long time, but hey, it's a sweep. It's a sweep, and it was against a good team. It was against a good team. There was nothing cheap about it on the road. I don't know what that Kraken could have been, though. Open the suggestions. <laughs> Actually, not even suggestions. This is something that I want the the sick, demented minds of Twitter to have unfiltered. Just go for it. Have fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts like this one. I'll be back next week. Talk to you then.